Aloha, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of Disability with Malama. My name is Leland. And I'm Roxanne. Thank you so much for joining us today. Disability with Malama is AILH's podcast where we discuss all things disability in the state of Hawaii. In this episode, we welcome Dr. Violet Horvath as she discusses the Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition. It's great to have you back today, Dr. Horvath. Well, thank you for inviting me back. I appreciate it. So the first thing we'd like to ask is, what is the Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition, and how did it come to be? Great, thank you. Um, the Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition, or HDHC, was actually born earlier this year in 2022. So I had scheduled an on-site tour of the Alelo Mapunapuna studio in to take place in March, 2022 for my social work practicum students. In early March, Dr. Thomas Quattlebaum, who is an assistant professor at the John A. Burns School of Medicine, he's in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and we are on a committee together. He set up an online introduction between myself and Dr. Christina Higa. She is the co-director of the Pacific Basin Telehealth Resource Center, which is also at the Johnny Burns School of Medicine. And Dr. Quattlebaum's thought was that one of the projects that Dr. Higa's center was working on really aligned well with some of the things we're doing at Pacific Disability Center. Well, it is a small world, especially in Hawaii. And it turns out that Dr. Higa was working already with Aloha Independent Living Hawaii on your folks' Teleconnect program. And part of that was to develop videos with American Sign Language interpreting, with captions, other accommodations. And the videos would be focused on the fundamentals for using communication technologies, which of course are really important in terms of telehealth and Dr. Higa herself was working with Alelo, but she had actually never been to the studio in person. So I invited Dr. Higa and I invited you folks from Aloha Independent Living Hawaii to join myself and my students at the scheduled Alelo tour at Mapunapuna. And um, Dr. Higa was able to come and one of your representatives who'd be doing the videos was able to come and it was so exciting during that tour. We came up with just idea after idea about how we could collaborate. And the Alelo staff was also really on board with our ideas, getting very excited about them and expressing their support. And it was, I think about a week afterwards, we had a debrief session about that tour and some of the ideas we'd come up with and the question came up, well, well, where do we go from here? What happens? And that's how the Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition was born. I mean, we all recognized that there was a disconnect. There was a puka between what people with disabilities, their families, their caregivers needed in terms of medical care and what the reality was with that. We also came to realize, and we're still learning, that the issues were not just with medical care, but dental care, behavioral health, mental health, 
we also understood that it couldn't just include medical doctors and nurses, but it had to be everyone involved in the healthcare experience, even to including office staff. And so our outreach and education efforts would have to include not only people with disabilities and professionals, but also members of the general public, basically everybody, everyone. And it was a very deliberate choice to put the word disabilities before the word healthcare in the title. The focus was on the disabilities and the interactions with healthcare. And so HDHC includes professionals, people with lived experiences, and those who fall into both categories, such as myself. I'm a professional, but I myself have a mobility disability. There are indeed many professionals who have disabilities. And there's actually even uh, a relatively new project, national project that has now moved into Canada also called Docs with Disabilities, trying to uh, bring attention to the issues faced by doctors with disabilities and also to encourage more individuals if they have disabilities to become physicians. So there are a lot of exciting things going on right now. You know, in the past, we've seen success on in terms of gender rights, um, transgender rights, lesbian, gay, queer, you know, those rights. And people with disabilities have been kind of left out. And so now there really appears to be a movement, a strong movement afoot on persons with disabilities to be recognized, to be included, to be understood, and to stop seeing people with disabilities as less than. I find it fascinating that the three agencies were able to kind of come together to create this coalition. And it seemed like it it really happened organically because you guys were working towards the same goals and thought, huh, well, let's work together. And I think that's really beautiful and amazing. And I'm so glad that the HDHC is in, is in existence this day. And another question that we had for you is, what do you and your team, you know, the founders, hope to accomplish with the HDHC? Thank you. Really, our main goal is to increase both the quantity and the quality of healthcare interactions for persons with disabilities in Hawaii. You know, it's 2022, and it's been 32 years since the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed. But the reality is that people with disabilities are still struggling, even with basics, things like healthcare, employment, transportation, really everything. They're still waiting. I mean, we're still waiting. There is still, unfortunately, a pervasive attitude that the people with disabilities, they're the ones with the deficits. So that's their problem. They're the ones who need to bend and adapt. And if they can't, well, too bad. Instead, it's our systems that need to bend and adapt so that they meet the needs of everyone. And the next point I want to make is one that I think is also critically important as part of our mission. The reality is 
that when you make things better for people with disabilities, you actually make things better for everyone. Now I wanna give an example. This is just one example of exam tables and chairs in medical offices, dental offices, et cetera, et cetera. The old tables and chairs, and there are, I can tell you, at least in Hawaii, there's still too many of them out there. They are of a fixed height and they're usually quite high and difficult to get on and off of. There's like this very narrow step on the exam tables. And basically, unless you're an, an Olympic gymnast, it's very, very difficult to get on and off of those tables. And for people with certain disabilities, it's basically impossible. So the exams, the treatments, have to be conducted while people are sitting in regular chairs or standing. And that's not the best way to do things. That's not the optimal way. But the newer exam tables and chairs can go down quite low. So it's easier, much easier to get on and off of. But that makes it easy for everyone, even if they don't have a disability. Take, for example, you know, somebody who's short. They don't have a disability, they're just short. Or a child who can then get up and down by themselves, not needing assistance. And so then think also, once the patient is safely in place, comfortably in place, the doctor, the nurse, the technician, they can adjust the table or the exam chair to a height that works best for them. Of course, not everybody is you know, the standard height, whatever that may be. Uh, it's really a win-win situation. So it places the patient comfortably and safely. They can get on and off. And then the medical professional can adjust that table or chair to where it's going to work best for their characteristics. And that is just one of many, many examples of the way that what we think of as accommodations for people with disabilities really makes it much more accessible for everybody. Even a simple thing like I was at uh, my dermatologist's office. I've been going there for 20 years. For years and years and years, I've been complaining about that the exam chairs are too high. I can barely get on and off of them. And finally, they, they are expanding their offices. They're growing. I was in one of the new offices last time and the exam chair came down way low. I needed, I had no trouble getting on and off. But as I was sitting there waiting for the doctor, I looked at the back of the door of the new exam room and I noticed that it didn't have a clothing hook. And I knew that in the other rooms, the other old exam rooms, there was a clothing hook but it was like six plus feet high toward the top of the door. At, I'm barely 4'11". Even if I didn't have a disability, there's no humanly way possible for me to reach that hook, to put my things, put my purse, my clothing on there. Um, and so I mentioned it to the doctor because I'd been after them, not in a bad way, <laughs> not in a mean way, but just, you know, they knew I struggled getting on and off those chairs. And I would say, you really need, you know, to think about accessibility, getting shorter chairs. And that actually happened. And actually at two of my other doctor's offices, I would not complain, but I just keep bringing it up. 
this is too high. This doesn't work for people with disabilities. I tell my students, you have to kind of be like a gnat, but not be annoying. You just have to keep buzzing around, reminding people, uh, hey, this is an issue, but you also need to give them concrete ideas. So going back to the story about the hooks on the doors, there were no hooks on the new doors. And I said to the, to the doctor, I said, uh, when you put the hooks up, you can put one up high, but make sure you put one down about halfway down on the door for people who are short, people with disabilities, people who use wheelchairs. Most of us can't reach that hook. And the um, contractors were supposed to have thought about all that, except the reality is that they don't. And she had never even thought of it till I brought it up. So she was scribbling notes to make sure that she would remember to do those things. So sometimes it might take a while, but if you gently and persistently remind people and give them concrete examples, often they're easy things that can be done to make changes to make it better for people with disabilities and make it better for everyone. Thank you so much for sharing that. As a person who's only 4'11 and a half, I completely understand the height challenge, you know, for me. And I think it's interesting in Hawaii because, you know, it's predominantly Asian and Pacific Islanders and we're short, you know, we are a short population. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm just reflecting on my many doctor visits to many different facilities and I'm like, gosh, you're absolutely right, but I just never said anything because I was just in there focused on what was going on with me, not necessarily the uh, accessibility part. Only when I put on my professional head, when I had to come out and actually do an accessibility site review that I did, you know, had a different mindset, but you're absolutely right when we do go in for our own personal exams and, and um, healthcare that we should continue to, you know, make those systems advocacy by talking to the medical staff as well as the doctors. And I'm gonna remember that. I have to try to switch gears sometimes and not just focus on what's on when I'm, you know, my legs in pain or something that seems to take the forefront, but I appreciate that that gentle reminder. Um, so our qu next question is that, is there any information that you want to share with our listeners who may be interested in learning more uh, or becoming involved with the Hawaii Disabilities Healthcare Coalition that you'd like to share? Absolutely. And any interested person or organization is welcome to become part of the coalition. Um, the coalition members, one of the first things that we pointed out was that it was critically important to have representation from all locations on all islands. We know as professionals, we know that situations are different island by island. And even sometimes on an island, there can be vast differences. So as we began to recruit, we really focused on that, reaching out to all islands. Uh, you know, we're learning things. And so we've had to adapt some of what we do, who we've invited, our best laid plans. You know, we're, we're still growing. Uh, we may be small, but it's pretty amazing some of the things we've already done. We also knew that we had to have a variety of viewpoints, people with and without disabilities, professionals, members of the general public, 
really anyone and everyone. So we have online meetings every four months on the third Thursday of those months from three o'clock to five o'clock PM Hawaii Standard Time. We have held our final meeting for 2022. So we invite you all to join us in 2023. Our schedule is January 18th, April 19th, July 19th, and October 18th. And we know that even with a quarterly meeting schedule, we, we know that not everyone can attend every meeting. And we really don't want that to stop you. Come to as many meetings as you can. Sometimes a person is interested, but they can't attend any meetings. And for organizations, sometimes it might have to be a different person from that organization who attends each meeting. Don't let any of this stop you. You can still be part of the coalition. One of the ways we had to adapt too is that because it's difficult for people to attend meetings, we just started a newsletter and that newsletter comes out after each meeting, each of the quarterly meetings. So it will do things like provide updates on what individuals and organizations are doing or have done recently in terms of disabilities and healthcare. There might be announcements of events, requests for assistance and collaboration. Someone might need reviewers for something. Uh, they might be looking for people to take part in research studies. We'll share some photos and much more. But for right now, uh, we, we hope to have a website soon. But right now, the best way to contact us is through email, and that is hdhc at hawaii.edu. You can also contact, you know, people from Pacific Disability Center, Aloha Independent Living Hawaii, or Pacific Telehealth Resource Center to, to reach any of us. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're slowly adding things on, but right now, email or contacting a member of one of these organizations, a representative of one of these organizations is the best way to get a hold of us. And so Dr. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dr. Horvath. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, that's all right. Leland. Go ahead. I was going to say, I heard about a potential symposium coming up in 2023. Can you talk more about that? Even beyond potential, it's real now. Yay! <laughs> so even though we actually just started, you know, this organization was just, as I said, born in April of this year, we've already been working together on existing projects. But our first major initiative is a disabilities and healthcare symposium. So everybody get your calendar out, save the date for Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. This event is free, online, open to anyone and everyone. It will start at 9 a.m. and end at 2 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. And so with that start time and end time, that still accommodates very well people from different time zones across the continental US. And maybe we'll even have some international attendees. We're, we're certainly gonna 
widely uh, advertised. We will have American Sign Language interpreters and real-time captioning. And we have three local featured speakers and a keynote speaker. So our first featured local speaker is Dr. Anya Shida. She was paralyzed following a motor vehicle accident and she uses a wheelchair. She is the division director for employment for network enterprises. And that is a not-for-profit that helps to prepare people with disabilities for work and matches them with jobs. She's also involved with Access Surf Hawaii, a nonprofit that empowers people with disabilities through accessible beach and water programs. Our second local speaker is Miss Amy Chung, MSW, LSW, and she is a junior specialist in the Department of Social Work, Thompson School of Social Work and Public Health, University of Hawaii at Manoa. She is a CODA or a child of deaf adults. And her areas of interest include issues faced by oppressed, marginalized, and differently abled populations. We'll also have a third featured speaker to be announced. We should have that uh, taken care of soon, have that person in place. And then our keynote speaker is Ms. Rebecca Coakley. She is program officer for the Ford Foundation's first ever U.S. Disability Rights Program. She also serves as the foundation's liaison to the President's Council for Disability Inclusion in Philanthropy. Ms. Coakley also co-founded and was director of the Disability Justice Initiative at the Center for American Progress and was executive director for the National Council on Disability. She is a three-time presidential appointee serving key roles at the Department of Education and Department of Health and Human Services, in addition to overseeing diversity and inclusion efforts for the Obama administration. Ms. Coakley herself has a disability. I uh, was fortunate to hear her speak earlier this year, and it, it was one of the most dynamic and interesting speeches I have ever heard. So it is fantastic that she agreed to be our keynote speaker. And so the symposium is sponsored mainly by the Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition, but of course also Pacific Disability Center, Aloha Independent Living Hawaii, Pacific Basin Telehealth Resource Center, and the Comprehensive Service Center for People Who Are Deaf, Hard of Hearing, or Deafblind. So it's just, it's very exciting. Um, in the meantime, we've also thought of many other symposia <laughs> for the future. One focused, for example, on mental health. Another one focused on children with disabilities. Another focused on kapuna. Another one focused on issues around individuals with disability who are also from the gay, queer community, transgendered individuals, and so on. And so really, um, you know, once we get going, the ideas sort of just start piling up. <laughs> so we have a lot of work to do, and uh, we hope that everyone listening will, will join us and encourage others to join us. Um, I'm definitely so impressed with the speakers that you have coming up, especially, um, the three local speakers that you're going to be having and, um, Ms. Rebecca Coakley. 
how all of the things that you've accomplished and you said you only started in April is just phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm, I am speechless. <laughs> I'm also very, very proud to hear of everything that you guys have done and want to continue to do. Right, Roxanne? It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's been exciting uh, because every time we meet, like new topics emerge, new ideas. And I think that's why we invite people from different um, community organizations that could help and contribute because, you know, we all come from a different viewpoint, a different specialty. And the more we bring to the table, it opens our viewpoint and broadens it a little bit more to let us really see what's going on and, and to, to uh, approach different topics we hadn't spoken about. So just this morning, I was just sharing with Dr. Horvath about um, individuals with disabilities that fall into the queer community. And that was just, you know, it was only from a, an, a, a podcast interview that we had done with Mr. Walker Rousey. And I just said, oh my gosh, you have to come to our meeting. And so I definitely introduced Dr. Violet with Mr. Rousey, and I'm hoping he'll be able to show up because he has a different viewpoint, a different experience, and just with what he does on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's just something I had never thought about. So uh, we appreciate the expertise and, and the different experiences that people can come and share with us at these meetings. And within Hawaii, of course, those of us who work in this area, we informally or formally network with each other. But the coalition brings a way to bring all of us together. It's, a, it's a, a formal way to bring all of us together who are working in this field, because otherwise the information and the ideas are sort of piecemeal here and there. So this gives us a vehicle to share amongst ourselves and then to take the message out to the larger community. And I should note that, you know, when, when I'm talking about becoming a member of this organization, there's, there's no application to fill out, there are no fees or dues, there are no expectations of monetary donations. It's simply an interest in the topic. That's what binds us together. And so one of the things too, and um, this is a, an important lesson I teach my students too, is that you don't need tons of money to be able to make change. It's, don't get me wrong, <laughs> it's great to have that money and you often do need it for certain things, absolutely. So I don't wanna diminish that, but there's a lot you can do in terms of advocacy and change helping to move change along that are free or very, very low cost, you know? And, and so right now we're looking at ways to do that. But of course, we are also looking at funding that we can apply for and work together on. And of course, money is, uh, grants, contracts are incredibly difficult to come by these days. We have a lot of people applying for very small pools of money. Uh, and so agencies and organizations are looking for projects where organizations are collaborating, where different viewpoints are included, different perspectives, different ways of doing things, uh, driven by people with those lived experiences. 
So the collaborations that come through this coalition could increase the amount of money brought into Hawaii to help dis people with disabilities. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, which really makes things better for everyone. Thank you again so much, Dr. Horvath, for joining us today on our podcast. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Roxanne, did you want to say anything else before I give our lovely outro? No, I, I'm just so excited to have Dr. Horvath join us again. And she has so much information all the time. I think she's going to be a regular featured guest because she is just, <laughs> you know, an expert in so many different topics. And I, I know um, I, I'd love to have her back. She's just wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Violet. Thank you, Leland. Thank you, Roxanne. No problem. Again, yes, we are always happy to have you, Dr. Horvath. So I hope to talk with you again soon. Um, for our listeners, for more information on Hawaii Disabilities and Healthcare Coalition, please email hdhc at hawaii.edu. I will also include that in our description so you can see it. Remember to mark your calendars for the upcoming Disabilities and Healthcare Symposium, which will be held virtually on Tuesday, January 17, 2023, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. I can't believe it's going to be 2023 already. That felt weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> And remember, it will be free and open to the public. Once we get more information on how to register and whatnot, we'll be sure to share it with you guys as well. Um, again, my name is Leland. And I'm Roxanne. We'll see you next time. Aloha. 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 Aloha.